0: i'm aunt kelly anakin and i'm molly of
1: mitchell sanchez we're here to take birth control and talk about the handmaid's tale and we are all out of birth control thanks trump this is read all over your handy handmaid's tale recap blessed be the fruit wow hi hi
0: hi hi, hi. i haven't seen you it feels like in forever but it really hasn't
1: been that long (laughs) you've seen me earlier this week (laughs) i don't know what day it is (laughs) it's pride sunday and we're coming together to talk about a show we like It is The Handmaid's Tale. It is The Handmaid's Tale. We didn't switch it up. We weren't just like, (laughs) anyway, the Cheers finale was phenomenal. (laughs) And we like it this week. At least I did. Did you like this episode? Yeah. I I thought that it was, you know, it's definitely a slow burn Mm kind of episode, but I really enjoyed it. I
0: felt like it was a real like return to form. Totally. And I've seen, like, written other places that people are like, oh, you know, the show is best when there's a really tight focus on June. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with the exception of some of the Serena Joy f- focus episodes, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this was a bottle
1: episode, essentially. I agree. And it was great. So. I love it. Um, before we get to that, let's get to the housekeeping. Uh, you can, if you want to keep this party a going, we're on Facebook.com slash read all over and god we have the best discussions like our fans it has are just
0: awesome been lit and i'm sorry i wasn't as active as i normally am because i had my mom in this week mm-hmm. and i got a job hey congrats and i added my vaginal sabbatical Yay. i know some of you were like really tracking that so Yay. it's happened i'm really things are everything's coming up millhouse
1: <laughs> i love it basically i love it but we have great discussions there and we're happy to have them so that's facebook.com slash right all over You can talk to any of us on Twitter. Kelly is at Kelly Anakin. Molly is at Serious Molly. And we also have a Venmo account, which is Venmo.com slash read all over. Some of you guys have been nice enough to give us money. We really appreciate it. We work really hard on this podcast. I don't know if some of you guys are aware, but we actually... We lobbied hard to get the episodes in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means a week before each episode, we have to dedicate sometimes a whole day to watching and recording together and that, editing. And editing. We are lobbying hard to try to get more guests. So we actually put a bunch of work into this podcast. Yeah.
0: And, you know, if you donate to us on Venmo or if you buy something from one of the people who advertise with us, you know, you're going to supporting this podcast and you're making this, you know, A labor of love as well as a labor of payment. What's the opposite of a labor of love? Like a full time job with a 401k and
1: benefits? Something like that. Yeah, anyway. So, shout out to the people who have donated to us on Venmo. I'm looking at you, Blanca Morales. Thank you, Jennifer Prillman. Kelly Tailsnick, you the real one. Trisha Iglesias Belchava, you get it, girl. Amy Anderson, woohoo! Kristen Dwyer, yeah. Ginger Castleberry, the fifteenth. I love your name. Rebecca Burgess, woohoo! Julia Bridstrup, hey. Jesse Gillette, the best a fan can get. Danielle Tropia, oh, why are you so good, Danielle? Veronica Dornan in the huzzas. Aaron Bernau, now that's something you don't see every day. Monica Arcia, yes girl, yes girl, yes girl. Crystal Annavati, oh I love that name. And a good old Hunter Hollis. Thank you guys for donating to us on Venmo. We really appreciate it.
0: Extra big thank you. Some of you have been ridiculously and most appreciatively generous. Oh my
1: God, I am blown
0: over. Several of those are private payments, so I'm not going to put you on blast. Right. But thank oh my. Oh my god,
1: thank you. Thank you. And you know what... If you don't have Venmo in your country and you'd like to make a contribution to us, please donate to a woman-centered charity on your own in our name. And thanks to everybody who's been with us from day one, you know, from when we were making no money for this podcast to when we're making a little more money now. We are so proud to do this and we're so happy to have you all. Let's get into
0: it. Let's do it. This is season two, episode 11, Holly. Holly. No, I knew immediately that the baby would be named Holly.
1: Yeah. And I thought instead of that, they were going to be like a whole episode dedicated to how much do you like Holly Hunter? Oh, so I
0: was very surprised. Wow. you know what? That would have been that would have been
1: fascinating. They just just like take a moment at the almost end of the season to be like, hey, you know who's a great actress? Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Here's a short documentary about her career <laughs> to date because she's friends with Elizabeth Moss from top of the lake, I would assume. I would think so. Or
0: maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they're just colleagues.
1: <laughs> JK. I not knew. everybody has to be friends. Oh, <laughs> I knew Holly was the name of the baby,
0: but I wasn't sure if they were going to bring Cherry Jones back. And they did. Mm -hmm. And I was very happy. And also, you posted on Facebook the picture of me (laughs) sobbing my face (laughs) off. Granted, my mom was just here visiting Mm -hmm. and I hung out with a baby
1: yesterday. So
0: it was just like, hormonally speaking, (laughs) like my juices were flowing, you know, emotion wise.
1: I cried a little bit, maybe not as much as I could have because I cried profusely Last night, after I had a couple cocktails and watched the Cheers finale, the two-part <laughs> oh, Cheers finale. Okay.
0: So you did watch the Cheers finale. That wasn't oh, just no, a I've deep
1: pull. I'm just really wanting to talk about it because, damn, that was I good. I made never me watched sob.
0: enough Cheers to care or be able to discuss that with you.
1: Well, just for the fans out there, Rebecca's trash and uh, <laughs> everybody else is awesome. Okay. But I did cry at this episode, so let's just get on into it. So it starts with a beautiful drone shot up overhead of her walking in the snow this beautiful red yeah, spot we're, we're among picking the white
0: exactly where we left off last Boom. week and what was interesting to me and i guess it was like the previously on and then it picked up here and i knew from like the foley work mm-hmm. i was like oh she's still outside yeah so good job to me good job to whoever does the foley work on this show because this episode is <laughs> full of great foley work
1: it is and truly one of the more beautifully shot episodes of the yeah. show I thought visually it was very stunning. Mm-hmm. So she's serving real, like Little Red Riding Hood, realness because she's like out in the snow. And uh, I might be going ahead a little much, but there's this wolf there. Uh, I call that serious black. <laughs> <laughs> so serious is black it a wolf? I thought it was a dog. Well, I think it's a dog. I think the lines between wolf and dog are kind of blurred at this point. I think if this was a wolf, it would have eaten her and
0: her fetus for dessert. Right. Uh, Listen. I believe this was a domesticated
1: animal inhabited by the soul of a wizard. (laughs) That is what I believe. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic uh, Animagus uh, situation. Well, that's interesting because I looked up, I tried to look up, because I know, you know, a black dog is rife with symbolism from being like a familiar of a witch or wizard to being like generally considered a bad, bad omen. But I tried to look. Get it. Yes. I tried to look up specifically if like it means something if you see a black dog when you're trying to give birth. And so I typed in black dog birth question mark. Yeah, that's not gonna Um, I got on a lot of gross threads about what to do if your dog gives birth. So um, (laughs) long story short, I got I got nothing. (laughs) I got nothing other than it's a general bad omen. So Uh, it also reminded me of that movie Gerald's Game. You ever see that? No, you told me it was trash. So oh, I didn't I did. watch it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is kind you of were like, Kelly, it's trash. Don't watch it. And I said, okay, Never even mind. though it is like one of the only things that's consistently on a streaming service. When I look in the horror section,
1: I mean, it's fine. <laughs> I guess it's just long.
0: I trust and listen to you. Okay. The thing that I loved here is like June just is done suddenly. Like she's just sort of standing there in shock. And then suddenly she's just done and she starts to run. Mm-hmm. And, I have to hand it to her. She's in tremendous physical condition. Oh yeah, because she does not run very far or very fast, but she runs both farther and faster than I, a (laughs) non-pregnant, non-recently raped woman, could.
1: (laughs) Well, she did do some training. What nine months ago? Oh yeah, she
0: did. I think it was like six months ago. Yeah,
1: she was. She was pregnant enough.
0: And so she kind of runs and, you know, she sees this dog and we get some voiceover. This is from the book. Yes. The stuff about, I'm sorry, there's so much pain in this story. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the pitfalls of doing like episodic reviews because it's like, Mm -hmm. if you were binging this, Mm -hmm. you would have watched the previous episode with this horrific rape. And then assuming that you kept watching, you would (laughs) see this scene where she immediately is like, sorry, sorry. Yeah. you know i'm trying to help you out i'm trying to put the good stuff in and i just i feel so bad for the writers to an extent because it's like when they do quote margaret atwood and then they try to like put their own like spin on it mm. it is so glaring to me like when they start and it comes in again at the end where they do this and it's like oh no don't gild the lily people just leave yeah. leave the maggie
1: Take the cannoli. I think like the only way to truly do that is I don't think you should try to write prose like Margaret Atwood. Like I think the ones where it really sings is when it's like a Margaret Atwood quote teeing up some really contemporary language, yeah. like teeing up like do this, do this, just fuck that. I yeah. think that is where it's most interesting uh-huh. Uh and you definitely shouldn't try to write Maggie Atts quotes, just let him be. But what I found interesting about that voiceover is, boy, it really sounds like the framing device that we see in the original book. It does. Where everything is, um, it's like a primary source looked back at years later. So, ooh, if season three opens with the epilogue, I will be very excited.
0: Stromboli Bruce Miller, (laughs) you might be listening. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. He was on Mayday, apparently,
1: and said some trifling
0: nonsense. I...
1: No, everybody is texting me and emailing me about that. Well, and
0: I want to say this because apparently he said, no, Serena getting shot in the baby maker didn't make her infertile. Yeah. And I'm like, there's nothing in the text. And by the text, I mean the show as we've seen it, Mm -hmm. that has indicated that that wasn't what happened. Like, I don't think you can watch from the beginning of season one up until the end of season two, episode 11 and be like, that definitely didn't make her infertile. So Mm -hmm. it's a little sloppy. Come on our podcast and explain yourself, Bruce. Yeah. We'd love to have you. And, uh,
1: (laughs) Oh, also, quick housekeeping note before we get any further. Uh, a few episodes ago, we said Wayfair was owned by Walmart. It's not. Oh, yeah,
0: uh, it's not at all. So we're sorry, Wayfair.
1: Shout out to the redhead who works at Wayfair. They uh, corrected that. us. Oh, and then the other thing that I the other housekeeping thing that got pointed out to us was there's actually. Uh, penetrative sex does work to bring about a baby sometimes because there's some kind of chemical in sperm that can help yeah so it's we were all wrong we were wrong it wasn't the
0: orgasm it wasn't the female hormones it was that pesky sperm you know sperm giveth and sperm taketh (laughs) away i think is what we have learned this week
1: here's something funny you might be surprised to know about us uh we're not doctors (laughs) I know that like you've been taking our sound medical advice and beauty recommendations, but we are not doctors, so we goofed on that one. Anyway, let's get back to this episode. So we get a, a house tour
0: Oh boy, of and this giant, you know, mant that nobody is in for some reason. Well, and I don't know if it's just that it's like, well, there's a, there's a lot of questions I have about this house.
1: What's the purpose of this house? Oh, I feel like I know. Is it their summer house? I feel like it's the Mackenzies' summer home. Okay. Uh, so I wrote... Boy, Handmaid's Tale captures a lot of existential dread, but none more so than the feeling of losing your keys. (laughs) Because that really was what this is for. Or not being able to open your garage I was just like, damn it, this is so real. And there
0: was a creepy dollhouse. And I was like, you just had to do it. You just had to V.C. Andrews the fuck
1: out of this. I think that this is the manse of the McKenzie's who we... Learn are Hannah Agnes, Agnes's yes. new family. Uh, so oh, they has, Agnes. He must have the Fred must have worked out a deal with Commander Mackenzie himself. Well, and we don't get yeah.
0: any insight. Well, we'll get there okay, when we okay, get there. Okay. But sorry, 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 because June finds a photo of Hannah with what we later can assume safely is Mrs. McKenzie. And there is a picture that Hannah has drawn Mm -hmm. on the desk in what I assume is the commander's lounge. Mm -hmm. Um, I just think that's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Not the office. Right. It's my lounge. (laughs) And I listen to my vinyls in it every day.
1: (laughs) What I found cool about this is even before it's revealed whose house this is, you can see out of the corner of your eye in one scene that there's a coat rack With a wife, blue cloak, and a daughter, pink Mm -hmm. cloak. So right off the gate, I was like, oh, whose house is this?
0: Whose house? Run's house.
1: (laughs) I don't know what that's a reference to. Oh, my God, Molly. I'm so old.
0: (laughs) So old. (laughs) You know who else is old? The actress that plays Hannah. So in this flashback... (laughs) Yeah, that June is having because she sees this picture that Hannah has clearly drawn, and she flashes back to a day when she was dropping Hannah off, either at school or daycare. I'm guessing like daycare, well, I think because she might... seemed so young in this, or like preschool. Yeah, but she didn't look like the actress who actually plays Hannah to me. She at didn't all. look at. They had similar
1: hairstyle. Yeah, but it, lo-
0: it it looked like they forgot to cast her. I think so too. And then they
1: were like, uh, yeah, hey, it- Can you send just anybody, anybody? Jordana is the name of the actress who plays... I think, is it Jordana Brewster? Maybe. Uh, (laughs) Who plays modern day... I haven't
0: had a good track record on...
1: last names today so let's not so i don't know who this new little baby actress is but she does not look like her but she does a good job
0: yeah because her whole thing is she doesn't want to go in and i think it's like day two so we didn't see day one and she's like clinging to june and like refusing to go in and the teacher comes out and she's like okay well like you need to go because we have to like create this routine Mm -hmm. so that she will separate from you more easily going forward and it's very hard for june to handle it and isn't that
1: such an interesting motherhood concept is that we're all as mothers your goal is to try to teach your baby in- enough so that they can leave you so we're always engineering this separation my
0: favorite line in this scene was when the teacher said i'm sure you went through the same thing with your mother <laughs> and june's just like nah <laughs>
1: There was a lot of speculation, too, uh, before this episode came out because it was released that this actress was playing someone named Mrs. Tanaka. And it was like, oh, who's Mrs. Tanaka? I think somebody was even like, oh, it's the Japanese tourist from the book. Oh, <laughs> like, oh that no. would be weird. Yeah, <laughs> no, She's just a teacher <laughs> with a really big sweater. Yeah. Well, I mean, teach you have to have big sweaters you if have you're a teacher. You have to have it's a the law. big sweater. You've got to have a statement
0: blouse. Uh, yeah, and it's like, listen, we really need to quit funding the military so heavily
1: because these teachers need big sweaters. These teachers need big sweaters. Uh, so, so that was a beautiful scene. And it's just so funny, the, the kinds of like a mother's life is full of little separations. Yeah. So even before this like very scary government mandated separation, we are have little separations mm-hmm. every day. Oh, it's so beautiful. Back in the present...
0: Alfred finds the keys, and I was like, and her keys, oh, her ring of keys.
1: I know you. Okay. (laughs) I love that song so much. What I like about the cinematography in this episode is the camera stalks her yes. so much i think it's when she finds the keys that we see her through a, like a window opening uh-huh. that looks like an eye and there's so many shots of her when it's above her so we're stalking her through this scene like we're hiding mm-hmm. with her and Peeking at her, just like she peeks at the Waterfords. Oh, I it's also want to
0: just clock this. Guess who I didn't worry about at all this episode?
1: Who June? No,
0: Nick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like at no Nick. point, and she didn't either. <laughs> like at no point was she like, "Oh, you know what? You know who I miss? I miss that baby daddy." Nah, nah. <laughs> Have fun, Nick. <laughs> Have fun doing what you're doing. Bye. <laughs> oh my god, what if he's the guy in the pool with Eden? <laughs> wow has anybody said that before
1: (laughs) i don't know oh are you being serious i don't pay attention to that oh that's hilarious that's like every message board every day including ours the beauty of being
0: (laughs) like an irreparable
1: narcissist is that i have always come up
0: with everything all on my own with no help from anyone
1: no that was this week's trending topic on our page on the discussion page and the second (laughs) The second trending topic is everybody has face blindness always. So everybody was like, oh my God, Anna's Martha is the neonatologist who <laughs> was in the other episode. I was like, no, she's not. That is embarrassing. As For everyone, the same way everybody was like, "Oh my god, it's Emily's wife in the in the elevator." It's Emily's
0: wife and daughter, even though she's very explicitly clear all talked yeah. about her son many many times. It's
1: like gang. They can afford more than five actresses. (laughs) They can even afford this tiny baby actress that looks nothing like This is not
0: regional theater where they have to do a five-person production of The Handmaid's
1: Tale. Uh, The discussion groups are a delight. Oh, Oh, also just quick note. Whitford Watch continues. Oh, my God. No Whitford. So that's also, I didn't think about him.
0: Has it been confirmed that he is Emily's commander by the press? I
1: don't remember. Because I know some people in- were saying
0: that he's Emily's commander, but I thought maybe he was Commander Mackenzie because we yeah. haven't seen any photos of him.
1: No, we've seen Mrs. Mackenzie. Yeah. looks like a, a blonde woman. I've heard tell that he will be in the last two episodes. He better be because there's only two <laughs> left. We'll see. Uh, when she got into the garage, And sees this gorgeous car. I really wanted the Ferris Bueller music to start playing, like, ooh. I
0: just wrote that this whole thing with this car is like the anti Ferris Bueller.
1: There you go. One, one for you. Yes, I, I really liked that. It is nice, but I
0: do think it is a ridiculous midlife crisis car.
1: Oh, obviously. Well, this is the summer home. This is where you keep, like, your play. Your ridiculous your, car. Your play cars. Yeah.
0: Well, there's only one car in their four-car garage, so I have at least three questions.
1: <laughs> no, genuinely, I bet it's, like, the commander gets driven there in, like, a family SUV mm-hmm. And then maybe they have space for if people visit. So they bring their like city car yeah. there. They have their country car. Maybe they got a few ATVs, um, <laughs> a motorcycle. I well, don't know. If they had those, they should be there. LOL. What if they had a camper? <laughs> that would crack me up. <laughs> ah, ah, <laughs> it's their summer home. They've got, a, they've got a trailer. They've got those like <clears throat> life is good stickers. I don't know. Um, here's what terrifies me. So I don't have a driver's license and I could push comes to shove, drive a regular car. You know what? I cannot drive fucking a stick, stick shift.
0: There, I, I did catch dead. there was a lot of speculation that Alfred couldn't drive a stick shift and this car was a stick shift. But I did write in my notes, get your passport renewed and <laughs> learn how to drive stick. And then the <laughs> other
1: discussion on our page was like, shit. We got to learn how to hotwire a car. huh? Yes.
0: Yeah, we kind of should. She goes through and I feel like this is going to be a short recap because so much of it was so visual and silent and silent. But she goes through this whole thing like she's got the key. So she gets into the garage Mm -hmm. and she's able to start the car. She starts the car up. What comes on the radio, Molly?
1: Listen to me. Oh, 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 Okay, This is the part that I like. My note just says
0: fucking Oprah. I lost my mind. mind i flipped oh my, my gourd i googled really quick because i mean we're watching this ahead of the release so i'm uh-huh. sure once everybody's hearing this the interwebs will be ablaze how crazy
1: would it be if they're like um that's not Oprah, But you, are you know what, racist it
0: totally is because <laughs> i searched for it and there was an article that came out on the day of the premiere of the second <laughs> season that elizabeth moss was freaking out the way we freak out when Bruegel likes our (sighs) tweets and stuff that Oprah is a fan of The Handmaid's Tale. So I'm like, aha, they planted the seed. Now we are picking the juicy tomato. Oh, it's such a juicy tomato. It's such a juicy tomato and it's Radio Free America and I loved it so much (laughs) and then they played fucking goddamn bruce springsteen
1: (gasps) are you with me on this i hate the boss i also hate the boss number two
0: here we go oh my god and once again radio free america why are you only playing things that the baby boomers like a bunch of them have been murdered most of you are probably gen xers like at least play like the verve pipe
1: no i think there's probably some sense of like nostalgia for good old days America so for those American Patriots and Gilead Traders they want this like old timey like member like I bet John Cougar Mellencamp was like the second song on this (laughs) playlist but gotta hate the about Nick and Alfred (laughs) two Gilead Traders one of them might be dead (laughs) oh yeah life doesn't go on long after the epilogue is gone yeah i fucking hate the boss but in case you're interested in the song is hungry heart yeah there is some good uh lyric symbolism i'll go into at the end of the episode because it plays a fucking game. god i hate it's bruce the springsteen. live
0: version do you think bruce miller
1: loves bruce springsteen because they share a name yes he goes to a bruce's only club <laughs> I like that name, though. I love the name Bruce. Ew. Mostly because it was... I do not like the name the Bruce. The penguin on Neopets that was my oh, only pet. So okay. Anyway. It just
0: always makes me think of, like, Bruce Campbell, who's, like, fine, but he's not somebody that I want to, like, see in real life.
1: I wouldn't mind. He's a, he seems like a nice guy. That's, yeah, I just don't like his face. So, I love this little radio snippet. I love the, you know... Even as much as I hate the boss, I liked how hyped she kind of got listening. Well, to Well, because
0: it was like the first proof she's had in ages mm-hmm. of there being an active resistance and there being any kind of hope Absolutely. outside of the borders of Gilead. I mean, even with the news of those letters going viral in Canada, like that's she didn't yeah. see
1: that she didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. This is such tangible proof. Yeah, you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me. This reminds me of my favorite chapter from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows when he's camping in the woods by himself and he intercepts the radio station that's like the Dumbledore's Army radio station, which got cut from the movie, which is a travesty. Why do wizards need a radio? For this same reason, baby, because you got to spread hope. Listen, it is also, you know, how come Wizards didn't invent like instant messaging Yeah how come a lot of things How come they write with quills How come it's still the middle ages (laughs) for Wizards Okay that's another podcast (laughs) Um, But I love I love this We would call
0: it WTF Wizard the fuck
1: Aww I love this literary device of radio is sort of the shot in the dark that gives people hope. And I like it. And I hope our podcast is like that a little bit. Or just something silly you listen to when you're on your exercise bike. Yeah, we saw you. Keep pedaling, girl. You're almost done. You got it. <laughs> Somebody wrote to tell us that's how they listen. Shout out.
0: Let's We get see. a bit of action offered at her finest. Yes. And she talks to the baby a lot. Uh-huh. That's Most of the dialogue is her either swearing, you know, kind of at the universe Mm -hmm. or just talking to the baby. And she's like, what do you think, baby? And she gets out of the car, she goes into the house and packs the go bag. Mm. I wish I could have seen these labels more closely because they're all super <laughs> gilly added up. You know, yeah. there's no words. But she, you know, finds some bottles to fill with water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically everything in this house looks like the pioneer woman, like, threw up all over the into place. It. So she gets her go bag, she puts it on, she goes out to the car, puts it in the trunk, and then she can't get the garage door open. Oh, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Well, and it's like, it was unclear to me because I was like, is it locked? You know, she should have been able to lift it with the right.
1: pull string. Yeah. So because, that I'm not, I'm not sure of. Yeah. But it, it
0: seemed like it might be frozen. <gasps> Because she goes out with that shovel and she's trying to, like, dig it
1: out. Oh, that's a good Um, point. Which I think is that
0: after she's tried to, like, break through with the car? I enjoyed this episode, but honestly, this episode stressed me out. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I can say it stressed me out more than the previous episode. I can say with full confidence it did But it's just, like, a totally different kind of stress for me because... When something horrific happens to me, I'm like, okay, something horrific is happening to me. That's like one particular kind of being upset. Mm-hmm. This, where it's like, these are all things that I should be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I can't seem to solve these problems, mm-hmm. which kind of makes me more upset because everything yeah. in the previous episode was beyond her control. Mm-hmm. Even still here, all of this is beyond her control, but it's all of these like mundane, quotidian tasks.
1: What is that word? quotidian
0: oh i love it what's yeah. the definition there? um it just
1: means like every day quotidian 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 yeah. i love it pardon, pardon me keep going
0: another word i like that reminds me of that is antediluvian which means before the flood oh yeah. i really like that you're welcome i learned that from noah and the ark antediluvian. so she tries to get at like she's like This is where I called it the anti-Ferris Bueller (laughs) car, because instead of, you know, running it backwards and trying to turn the odometer back, she's trying to run (laughs) it forward and blast through the door. Whereas Ferris Bueller's, well, Cameron's dad's car, strictly speaking, went out the back
1: of his fancy glass wall garage. (laughs) Offer doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) If only they had a glass wall garage, none of this would happen. Though I think as much as I hate the boss, if she had broken out... I would like them to play the song like, Tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. It's
0: amazing that I still don't like Bruce Springsteen because his music figures in so heavily in the book of Battle Royale. Oh, really? Like, the, the main character in the book is very into, like, playing music and he wants to be Bruce Springsteen, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's not I great. Think, but I think
1: my aversion is... My mom loves Bruce Springsteen, so I think I've just been oversaturated, plus his voice sucks. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, (laughs) Welcome back to BossCast, where we just shit on Bruce Springsteen the entire time. I
0: have a feeling our our podcast is going to be a hot topic of discussion at Bruce Club this
1: week. Uh, hey you guys it was one thing when they made fun of Bruce Miller's voice that he does not have Uh, it was another thing when they came for Bruce Springsteen we gotta do something about that Red All Over Girls
0: alright Bruce is all in favor of not listening to Red All Over anymore and Bruce Valanche is like I think it's great (laughs) (laughs) thanks Bruce Valanche we love you anyhow
1: happy pride (laughs) so the next flashback is of Luke and her oh Oh no no no! Let me let's break this down even further. So she goes up and tries to find bug out clothes to leave in. Yeah, uh, and she puts on she sort of eschews the wife dress. I think maybe just because it's like why put on another dress? I and assumed also it was that
0: it wouldn't fit over her oh, belly. That's a
1: good point. That's like good
0: point. she's not. This is not you know Alfred dressing as an econo wife. You know, three right. months in, she is fully
1: nine months pregnant. Right. So she goes and puts on an overcoat. <clears throat> Of the commander that works there, and it's the first time she's ever seen herself in a mirror, in like a full length mirror. Because I think her mirror at home is a bathroom mirror. Yeah. So did it's... she
0: not have a mirror at the Econo Wave home?
1: Mm-mm. Okay. I don't think so. Well, oh, so no she's... wonder she didn't get all her hair tucked up in that cap. <laughs> <laughs> so she's looking at herself pregnant for the first time oh maybe. and so what's interesting about this is everybody else has seen her fully pregnant you know aunt lydia has been measuring her belly mm-hmm. serena joy sees her everybody sees her but this is the first time she kind of gets to take ownership of her pregnant body Whoa. and like her pregnant identity and of course that makes her flashback to being pregnant with hannah mind and blown luke also speaking of bellies Someone alerted us on Twitter t- this week that O.T. Fug Benley tweeted a video of him getting ready to play Luke. And fam, they made him wear for that like morning scene when they're getting ready. They made him a prosthetic dad bod because his uh, real body hot. is a six pack <laughs> and I about died. I it is love
0: phenomenal.
1: love dad bod O.T. Fug Benley so much fucking much, like potentially even more than six-pack Six, <laughs> uh, six uh, O.T. Fag Bentley. So that um, was an incredible thing to learn.
0: I don't. I'm team six-pack. Okay. However, what I took away from this scene with June and Luke dressing for this, it's a publishing event that she's taking him to. Mm-hmm. She's giving him sort of like the lowdown on who's going to be there and they get a dig in at the Yankees. <laughs> uh, solid, solid. Too. I don't like the Red Sox either, but I hate the Yankees more. But... <laughs> Luke just like is like looking at her and she's like, what? And he's like, just you. And I know, girl, I miss man compliments. I slid off the bed. So (laughs) bad. So bad. If you're a man and you want to compliment me, holla because I am. But it's not just that, you know, it's like. It's that he's so sweet. obviously like in love with I her know. and he loves seeing that she's pregnant with his baby and all this like primal human reproductive shit. I love it.
1: I love oh, it. Oh my God. I would like to share with you to kind of like bring you down to earth. I would like to share with you a regular uh, man compliment I got yesterday from Mitch. He reaches over and he touches my face and he goes, Oh, if I was blind, I would think you were so pretty. <laughs> It's like what he, he meant like the feel of your face is nice but he did not think that out uh so that's what men compliments are like in real life sometimes so just i'd like to follow this up with a question for men <laughs> men
0: why <laughs> just fucking why
1: <laughs> oh bless him
0: little coconut. he's so weird
1: <laughs> um I love that flashback, but then, oh, we get mom the and sound, dad are
0: home. We get the sounds of another car. And I, okay, I watched this at 8 a.m. today, and I'm in my room watching it on my computer because Ooh. I'm lazy Ooh. and I didn't feel like plugging it in on my TV. So I'm in there, and I was just like, no! And I'm like, shit. We are definitely getting a noise complaint. Oh, yeah. Us too. <laughs> Us two. I lost so. it. And they come in and like <sighs> Serena's
1: pissed. Yeah.
0: Serena's the
1: pissedest she's ever, ever been. been. She's never been this pissed. So great. And oh my god. I think watching watching Serena Joy. With her pure rage, mm-hmm. is like watching a big cat. It's like watching a panther. Yeah. It's so she's so incredibly beautiful and graceful, but just bursting out of her skin. And honestly, this episode, for your Emmy consideration, Yvonne Strahofsky, like this scene was she- so good. Now, oh, if she does not get some kind of recognition for this, I'm going to be so upset because I think she acted her, not just face off, she acted her body off this episode. I am just beyond besotted with her.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it comes down to whether or not Hulu makes that investment in like promoting it. I truly need them to. But I will say here, as she bursts into the house and Fred is like trailing behind her, I yelled out... Uh, check near a window she always hides next to one
1: (laughs) I also feel like for as much hullabaloo as they made about going in there um they didn't look real they
0: well. They <laughs> did not do a good job of searching this house at all. I mean, granted, what we do know about Fred, at least, is that he's terrible at everything. Oh,
1: my God. And I love, I we got such sweet vindication wh- this episode where <laughs> Serena's finally like, you're such a fucking idiot. And we're like, yeah, yeah girl. he yes. is.
0: Well, because, okay, so in the course of this scene, we find out he has told her yes. that he sent Alfred <gasps> there with Nick yes. to meet her daughter. So he's been honest about that. I still think he set
1: Nick up. I agree, because I was a little surprised when he was like, "Uh, Nick, are you also here? <laughs> and it was kind of like, I, I believe that is for show.
0: Yeah. And I was also like, clearly no one is here. Yeah. All of the drop
1: cloths are up. Commander yeah.
0: Mackenzie and Mrs. McKenzie are not at
1: home. Which is interesting, because that leads me to believe that he either... I think he must have arranged this with at least Commander McKenzie because he expects him to be there a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, and I don't see how he could arrange this with the other Guardian and the Martha and going around him in that way.
1: I agree. So that dynamic is very interesting, and we only get a tiny glimpse of it.
0: But they get into it. I love when Serena says – because he – He's saying, and again, it's just such a weak protestation. He's like, no, Nick would never run away. He's very loyal. And Serena just goes, they hate you. And I'm like, oh, <gasps> I know. Oh, my God. They
1: are serving some Macbeth and Lady Macbeth realness in this this tiny scene. And she really turns it around on Fred. She goes, she hates you you raped her yesterday. Yeah. Which is knowing what we know about that episode and how much of it is Serena's idea as well. It just shows that like Serena is dissociating oh, totally. during that act well. And, as well, and because he
0: tries to throw it back on her. He's like, it was your idea. And she's like, we're talking about something else now.
1: The thing that became most clear to me watching this is that they have two different vested interests. Mm-hmm. Is Serena Joy is all about that baby mm-hmm. and Fred is here for Alfred, yeah, and not in. He's not here for Alfred in a wanting her to be safe way. He's here for Alfred in a possessive way, and just oh, totally. like she's there for the baby in a possessive way, but it's like somehow more appropriate to be like possessive over a, a fetus than it is a woman, you know? Yeah, not but somehow. at the same like,
0: time, it is. <laughs> Serena Joy has really. Let's from, you know, from the American government's point of view, Mm -hmm. the American government in exile, not Uh Gilead, Uh Serena Joy has no biological or like legal claim to this baby. Right. So anyway, it's just, it's bizarre. Like neither one of them has a right to be wanting the thing that they want
1: here. Right. Absolutely. Of course. And
0: I love here, we, this is, we get the line from the trailer where, you know, Serena is saying like, "Oh, you know your stupid infatuation and all of these things that you did with her." And Fred says the line about if you had shown that girl one ounce of kindness, she never would have left. And it was just a reminder about how they call the Handmaid's girls like every instance. Yeah. Oh, they infant the aunts them. and the commanders and the wives. They're always girls because totally. Even when they want to hold them responsible,
1: they can't hold them responsible.
0: Yeah. And it is phenomenal.
1: Wow. That's an interesting lexical dynamic. Another interesting dynamic is that I think this is the first time that they can ever say how they're actually feeling Mm -hmm. to one another out loud, which is why it's so, oh my God, it is so delicious when she says, you're such a fucking idiot. And he goes, when did you become such a
0: Bitch! That was also I like. Oh, I was like man. cheering and like clapping. That is
1: tasty. Yeah, I just think the dialogue in this it's so sparse, but this interaction especially, and just how it turns so it, it turns so much from them screaming at each other to Serena Joy flat out saying like, "I sacrificed so much." i gave up everything for you and all i asked for was this baby mm-hmm. and you couldn't help me keep this safe uh-huh it is delicious oh my god it's so gorgeous oh i just wrote in all caps her acting oh <laughs> my lord it is so freaking good meanwhile upstairs uh-huh Alfred has <gasps> found that's right the gun They both, she both, she both reach for the gun, the gun, the gun, for the gun. You mean Alfred and June? Yes. They're cooperating? Yes. uh, That's (laughs) what I meant. Thank you. I said, Alfred's
0: got a gun. (laughs) And she has, she's aiming it at them and she kind of has a shot. But they, again, after a very cursory, not at all search of this house. Yeah, they just, they decide (laughs) to leave. And so she can't shoot them. But she also
1: just, kind of hesitates
0: yeah well i mean look in this kind of situation in particular i'm assuming she's not much of a markswoman. woman yeah <laughs> like you <laughs> want to make absolutely certain mm-hmm. that you can kill these people because right. you don't know he might have his own gun like there's so many variables That's a great point because <laughs> to me it seemed much more like if they were gonna come upstairs like she would want to like try to take them out but it just seems yeah. so dicey i thought initially <laughs> no initially i thought she was trying to crawl into that trunk to oh, hide good thing um yeah i would just say you know Alfred, keep a low profile yeah it's gonna she's be your best. actually good at hiding <laughs> i mean she is still kind of by a window because there's like a skylight that's true that she's aiming down
1: through yeah then we get this flashback of holly <sighs> walking them through the birthing center
0: I love this I love and it too. I loved it because we already know that June did not give birth in the birthing center because right. we saw her at the hospital and I love Moira and Holly and Holly is telling the story yes. of when she went into labor with June, she was performing a surgery mm-hmm. and she finished
1: the surgery. Oh, which unpopular opinion. If I'm being operated on, you know, you can stop if you're giving birth. I don't want you doing a shoddy job because something's punching your uterus. I don't, like, well, I don't know. I don't know why she was still working. Like, I think you're supposed to get the impression like, oh, this is a tough ass bitch. Yeah. And I do. I love you. Cherry <laughs> it's Jones. written in the script like Cherry Jones, comma, tough ass bitch. Like Cherry Jones are you taking interns because <laughs> I would like to be for yours. just your life. Yeah. Just life. to
0: be like, just being Cherry Jones. Okay. I just want to be Cherry Jones. That'd be awesome. So June is not into the birthing suite because Too bad. it looks awesome. Holly is like, Oh, you know, don't, you know, well, Holly didn't get an epidural. She says, because she mm-hmm. wanted to see what it felt like. Cause she's been presumably, you know, delivering babies and doing all mm-hmm. these things, all these years. And Moira's in there. <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know june and holly are kind of getting into it because holly says something about oh i'm definitely going to be there and june mm. and it just speaks so many volumes about their relationship because june's like well i know how important your work is to you you know please don't make promises you can't keep <laughs> not about
1: this this is when i cried <laughs> and moira
0: and moira's like trying to like diffuse the situation she's like uh my friend bridget gave birth in a stream She YouTubed it and everything. And I'm like, points for trying, Moira. I laughed so hard at that. I also want to see that YouTube video. (laughs) I'm pretty sure... Like the, like, you know, people who are like really into like doTERRA oils and stuff have that. I'm kind so, kind of
1: into it, except for like, I feel like if you're gonna say there's so much bacteria in a hospital bed, oh, there's hella bacteria in just a river. So, there's bacteria everywhere. We can't escape it. Yay. Um, Please send me all your river birth videos.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, I thought that Holly
0: was implying that she wanted to deliver the baby, but oh. I don't think that is what was going on. Just June no. just wanted her to be there, and Holly. Holly wanted to be there. But there's
1: this emphasis for her that like Holly's birth plan for her involves no drugs. It involves toughing it out. Mm-hmm. And what is so fascinating is that it in many ways, but in this way highlighted in this episode, it took dystopia happening for June to be the kind of daughter Holly wanted her to be. It took dystopia happening for her to be like politically active in as much as you're politically active when you're trying to actively get out of a bad situation. (laughs) It it took, she wanted action June for a daughter this whole time. And what she got was just very, not complacent, but just very normy, Basic June. June. Basic June.
0: I like June basic, you know, like button classic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) June basic. And so... How interesting that she would be so proud of her, even though she's in this horrible situation. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's it's like, um, what is the quote? It's like, you never know the strength of something until you get it in hot water. Mm, I don't remember. Tea? Yeah, that's what it is. Tea or a woman. One of those things. Beautiful flashback. So there she is. We get that above shot people worried about so much, which is her... In front of the fire, lying on the bed with blood seeping out of her. Real quick. Oh no! This is the garage. Yeah. Well, so
0: she debacle. She was walking back to the garage here, mm-hmm. and yeah, so she's trying to get all this stuff, and she's with the shovel trying to like dig the door out, and she like slips and falls. And I thought she was like in labor already, so I guess maybe it was more Braxton Hicks. But when she falls, her water breaks completely. Oh and, that's the impression that yeah. you got. Okay. And she's like, Oh, not now, baby, but it's too late. Also, Sirius Black is back. Serious Black is back and just Serious
1: Black Attack <laughs> very placidly <laughs> looking at her. He's but like, What? It's like ominous, but also like not
0: I I, don't I, know. I never felt she was in any danger. From that dog, mm. which I think is a dog and not a wolf. Okay. Yeah, I can. If it was a wolf, I would have been afraid because I saw Beauty and the Beast. You know, yeah, yeah, you should be <laughs> also wolves. Just, you know, period. Hashtag Though not all wolves. Oh, hashtag Little Red Riding Hood. <laughs> <laughs> which I mentioned at the beginning of this. You show. did. And I didn't make the connection.
1: That's okay. Uh, listen. Mama, one of that. you know. <laughs> now she goes and we see her. Trying to give birth in the fireside, but a lot of a lot of blood is coming out.
0: Well, that's later. So she gets in I didn't there, take good notes, I and guess. she yeah, it's okay. I did for once in my godforsaken life. So she got in there, she builds the fire up, and she is. Built sort of a, you know, a bed, a nest for herself to give birth on. And she is like very tired and falling asleep. And I'm like, okay. So she has another flashback at the hospital and her Mm. doctor is telling her to wait for the epidural because they don't want to slow the contractions. Word of the wise, everybody, don't listen to them when they tell you to wait for your epidural, because if you wait too long, then you can't have one. And they tell you to wait because... They don't want to slow your contractions, but I don't believe that. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I want to slow me feeling stuff.
1: <laughs> I want to slow this feeling of my vagina ripping in half. Yeah. So uh,
0: Moira's in there and Luke is in there. How do you feel about
1: this? Would you want both your best friend and your partner in the room with you? If they stay by my head, that's fine. Yeah. I told you my fantasy is now being in a room full of women <laughs> wishing me well as I'm giving birth. So I'm down. And I actually like that about Call the Midwife as they make a, a note that like, men get out of here but more women the better yeah in the room and so i i just want buddies i guess but i want you by my head nobody looks in my vagina although you know what i think honestly
0: and i don't think it would ever happen but the way that june gives birth in this episode i'm like you know what honestly fuck all y'all i don't need you just be by yourself yeah it's very primal There's an episode of The Leftovers where that happened
1: too. Interesting. No, I want, I like the buddy system for birthing, for walking. But I will go to the movies by myself. That's where I draw the line. So, both Moira and Luke have made a
0: playlist. And now,
1: this is where uh, I would listen to Moira's playlist. Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, and uh Moira says something about like, you know, what? His is going to be all that stupid bullshit. And June's like, "I like his stupid bullshit." Uh-huh. And then like 2 seconds later, he puts it on and I'm like, "What is this?" And then June says, "Fuck! What is this song? I hate this." Uh-huh. That's me for almost every song on this fucking soundtrack. Truly, (sighs) but she asks if Holly has called and Moira Mm -hmm. does not say no, but she says she'll text her again. So Mm -hmm. there's some concern that Holly is breaking the promise that she made and not coming to be present at the birth of her grandchild.
1: Yeah, I guess I wouldn't want my mom in there necessarily because I think I would say a lot of bad words and I don't want to swear over much in front of my mom. So.
0: I don't want to give my mom the satisfaction of seeing <laughs> me in any kind of weakened
1: state. <laughs> Which Very may funny. be why
0: I have chosen not to have
1: children at all. Yeah, yeah, Um, I'm like, I'm invulnerable, bitch. Now, what did you think when you saw this amount of blood?
0: Okay, I thought perhaps she was losing the baby. Me too. Because... This amount of blood is unusual.
1: Again, we'd like to remind you, not doctors. We're but. <laughs> not
0: doctors. Now, my non-doctor opinion mm-hmm. here is that perhaps the hemorrhage, the routine hematoma, everybody's oh. favorite band, perhaps that is like back, oh. you know, like the, the buildup of blood uh-huh. is there and it has burst again oh, because of this trauma. I don't know. I had concerns... You know, I do know we have at least one OB-GYN Jin is a listener. Yeah. So we can hit her up. So look out, BB, we're going to bother you and figure out what might be going on here. But I mean, it was so much blood and I thought she was going to lose the baby. Me too. And I wrote down, is it better to lose the baby than to bring it into Gilead? And I don't know, because at this point, like you've carried the baby for nine months Mm -hmm. and you're attached to the baby Mm -hmm. like yeah our hormones and our emotions and everything about us is all tied Mm -hmm. into our ability to create new humans Mm -hmm. whether we think we should or not you know what i mean totally and so i think it would have been heart it would have been heartbreaking for me me too but especially for june the character to lose the baby
1: yeah
0: after all of this although i think it would have been a bit of a brilliant stroke From a storytelling perspective,
1: it would have been a total left turn. It
0: would have been completely not what people were expecting, but
1: expect the (laughs) unexpected. That's what I always say. Uh, So speaking of like being sure of what's happening next, I believe the next scene is her. um, She goes outside. She's going outside in the snow with a gun. Now, what did you think was happening? I did
0: not have a clue.
1: I thought she was going to pull a Kurt Cobain.
0: Whoa. Yes.
1: whoa wow yeah that's really a kellyanne esque thought there i'm proud of you i am not dark and alternative but i have my moments mm-hmm. especially no, thought- in dystopia in dystopia my knee jerk is always like not ah, tap out
0: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know what she was doing the only thing i thought maybe kind of vaguely was that she was gonna go try to get the car out again mm. and like i don't know like shoot her way out of the garage door hey not a bad idea yeah but serious <laughs> black is back yep for one more I think this is our last serious black attack. I agree. And she takes the gun and fires it a whole bunch of times into the sky. And I was like, Oh, on the one hand, it's like that's smart. But on the other hand, yeah, is anything that happens in Gilead? Can it truly be classified
1: as help? (laughs) <laughs> I was aiming for the sky. Oh,
0: God. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> so she's using it as a flare to try to get help. And I was just dubious about the helpfulness of this because it just really didn't seem like anybody was anywhere around anything unless, like, the commander alerted the authorities and they're closing in on the house maybe but i don't know
0: i mean again i don't feel like we know enough about exactly what his stupid cockamamie plan was yeah me neither because it's like how much of this is something that you could defend Mm -hmm. to your fellow commanders and like what body part are they gonna cut off of you you know. know i'm sticking by
1: it they're the couple in the pool i think i'm going i'm gonna go i'm gonna go Eden and Nick. Well, I have a poll on Monday. So Okay, okay. great, great, great.
0: All right, fantastic. She's back inside. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she manages to drag herself back inside because just the effort of shooting the gun. She's mm-hmm. like on her knees in the snow. But she goes back inside, she's totally naked. So yes, in case I love you it. in case you wanted any tasteful pregnant nudes it was of beautiful. Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, they're
1: stunning. Genuinely, it was such a beautifully shot primal scene and what I love about this is that this is not the choreographed affair that gilead wants to see for birth yeah this is not sanitized this is screaming and swearing and blood and naked and skin and this is different than their very play acting version of birth and it's so it's still beautiful
0: also worth noting scientologists believe you should give birth in silence so
1: you can't hear me, but I'm like tilting my yeah. head. I have so many questions. I wrote this way. down,
0: and I just realized now. I think this is from Top of the Lake, and I think Holly Hunter says it. Oh, so we've come full circle. Wow! But I wrote the wisdom of the body is tremendous yeah. because I believe that is what she says to Tui in Tui. the containers. Except you know she's Holly Hunter, she says the wisdom of the body is tremendous. I love her. It was such a bullshit role for her. Oh my god, you're so wrong. It is the best thing she's ever done. Ugh. Oh my god. Have I, you even seen Home for the Holidays? Uh, no, but also, oh my god. Get back to me. GJ is so amazing. Ugh. Oh my god, you're so wrong. No, you're so wrong. Anyway, where's that poll? <laughs>
1: no, well, as long have, as I'm running, the I'm gonna have media, my baby. own poll that's
0: like, hey everybody, how wrong is Molly about Top of the Lake? The only options are how wrong you are. Oh, boy.
1: Oh, boy. Sorry, kids. I don't want you to see us fighting. (laughs) I had a lot of questions just logistically. One was, I wonder if actresses ever pop blood vessels in their eyes while pretending to give birth.
0: Or other things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh, I know. Gosh. Ooh, there is a famous story. I don't remember what it's from where some actress like threw her back out acting like she was giving birth. Oh my God. It's a fairly famous anecdote and I don't remember who it was, but so the only is- one
0: I know is in Gone with the Wind in Olivia de Havilland's childbirth scenes, the director would like twist her ankle <gasps> no, to make her feel like she wanted him to do it. Victor Fleming. No, actually great. it was George Cukor at that point. Oh, oh okay. Yeah.
1: still so, good. I like it. This is just shot beautifully because they are flashing back between P- present day what's happening hannah's birth what's happening janine's you know angela's birth not angela's yeah charlotte. angela's birth angela's well, charlotte Angela's yeah. birth and, and just all there's the different also ways. like
0: these moments in the red center and just like mm-hmm. all of these sort of like childbirthing oh. moments and i was crying me too so hard me too i don't know why it hit me so hard but I was like and like happy because I was like you know what everything is trash for (laughs) her right now but like really this is the first time that she's had the ownership of her body
1: totally and she's able to give birth to her daughter and have this like skin on skin moment Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have been able to have have this beautiful she stole this moment from gilead yeah she and especially like she deprived serena joy of this moment she deprived everyone in that house of the pageantry that they want to give to this very intimate moment Mm -hmm. And yes, that is beautiful. And yes, that is cool. But the all I could think of was another iconic TV birth. You ever seen Dexter's Laboratory? Y'all know the... the, I have, DeeDee. There's a musical episode dedicated to Dexter's birth. And it goes, uh, do your breathing, do your breathing, do your breathing. It is truly tremendous. One of the better cartoons. I'm so
0: angry right now. Come on. I was thinking that.
1: So i can't that is my favorite tv birth no one can ever say any differently this is maybe my second but um, wow yeah wow, yeah that's fine
0: and then this episode has gone a lot of places i wasn't expecting
1: (laughs) and then like at the zenith of all this she straight up kourtney kardashians that shit and like lifts the baby out of herself yeah tremendous tremendous Mm -hmm. third most iconic (laughs) TV birth is the birth of Mason Disick, where she just like, boom, Courtney just reaches in there and just every one of her kids. Yeah, The wisdom of the Kardashians is tremendous. She's an inspiration to us all.
0: (laughs) And I don't know which flashback this was, but I just wrote, find you a partner who looks at you the way that OT looks at Emos, because I like to died,
1: And the reverse is true, too. Emos' smile is radiant. And it's like... This is just like in real life, this is your coworker, but yeah. God, they're really she turns good actors. The megawatt, both they're of them. Very it was good. beautiful.
0: We do find out Holly did get there I know. after Hannah's birth. She runs and she says, It was bad weather and my That's flight when was I cried. delayed That's and when I, I cried. was just losing it and because and I'm gonna start now because Ema says, Hey, this is Hannah. Hannah, this is your grandmother. And I was like, maybe i do want to have a baby yeah you do do it Give i don't know do it not gonna yeah do it, no. do it.
1: Um, oh my god quit being so sweaty about my uterus i want everyone to have a baby oh oh one thing i will say is that a theme in this episode is promise keeping and june is feeling a little sad because she's like i promised i was gonna get you uh-huh out of here and it looks like maybe i can't oh my and it's god like, it's so hard june berates her mom so much for keeping promises but for the most part, the moms that we see here are doing their very best. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just can't keep a promise. It's not anybody's fault. It just happens. And so, you know, the underlying theme of like mothers and daughters and the promises that we make Mm -hmm. and the promises we are entitled to is just, Oh, it's gorgeous.
0: And she tells the baby that her name is Holly. And you know, we knew that already, but it still made me cry like a baby. And we get the voiceover back in and I didn't catch all of it. But my favorite line I did write down cause she's saying by telling you anything at all, mm-hmm. I believe in you.
1: I know. And it's like, she's,
0: she's creating this person and they do I this riff <sighs> They do this riff at the end on Descartes' "Cogito ergo sum," which annoyed me because yeah. I have that. That's my tramp stamp is "Cogito ergo sum."
1: No, it's not. Yeah, it is.
0: How have you not seen that? That's hilarious. It is absolutely my tramp stamp. You are fucking pretentious. <sighs> yeah, I know. <laughs> have you seen the French quote on my foot? Yes, um, the misspelled one. Yeah, I'm getting it fixed. <laughs> now that I have a job, I can finally fix my foot tattoo. <laughs> but you know, she says she's like, "I tell, therefore you are," and I'm like, "Oh," because it's like it's humming along. And then it's like, ah,
1: I think it's okay. But you're right. It is very like, see, yeah, Look it's it. not
0: even get it. It's like, see, we're funny. Yeah. Um, that's that's when people try to imitate Margaret Atwood. <laughs> see? Yeah. But by and large, this was a great episode. I agree. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I feel like they have good momentum going into the final two episodes, although we said episode nine. So
1: anything could happen.
0: I am just hopeful that we're going to get a lot of really good stuff.
1: Yeah. And with sort of when we talked to Yanlin last week, she said, you know, everybody was expecting the birth to be the finale. So now that we have that big thing out of the Uh way. Wow. These next two episodes It's going to be so interesting to see what they cover. Like, just to recap things that we saw in the trailer that we haven't seen. So, we finally got, if you had shown that girl kindness, we got that out. We still got the pool. We got. We are harboring terrorists. (gasps) We potentially have the hallway scene, though. I'm not sure if I'm conflating that hallway scene.
0: Somebody said they think
1: that that already happened. Yeah, I'm I'm just not sure because it doesn't look like Omar to me. Mm -hmm. But it's been a while since I've revisited, so perhaps if I looked at it again, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, that's the same guy." But so I think the big scenes are harboring terrorists. Pool watch continues. Whitford watch continues. (sighs) Whitford. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> so we still got a lot more to go. BBs. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to us. We'll see you next week, if not sooner. Take good care of yourself and your girlfriends. And as always, nolite te bastardes <laughs> carborundorum. Dum dum the dum dum. Dum 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 dum. Da